0: Hello, thank you for joining this episode of Landy's Taiwan Diaries. My name is Salia Landman, but most people just call me Landy. I would like today to recap for you, what is the situation in Taiwan as far as COVID goes? Let me put it this way. For those of you who don't live in Taiwan, you probably will not know exactly because each country had their own struggles when the COVID virus came and how they coped with it, right? Uh, But in Taiwan, what happened in Taiwan is we never uh, had a big problem last year. When the virus emerged in China, it was actually brought over by a tourist from China and uh, very quickly it was contained. I think the most cases we had in a day was like between 30 and 40. And very quickly those cases came down because some uh, rules came into, into play and the government closed the borders completely. And uh, very quickly, the, because of these restrictions and the rules, the virus was very much contained and almost the whole of last year since maybe april there were virtually no domestic cases in taiwan once in a while we would get a case uh, what what they call an imported case which is when somebody comes in uh, from abroad because even though the 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 borders were closed to foreigners citizens could still uh, were still allowed in special circumstances to to get into the country and of course the flight crews they had to come in because even though virtually nobody flew there was still cargo being flown around and m- most of this cargo was what they call PPE, personal protection equipment for the for the hospitals and so on against COVID. But Taiwan was, uh, life went on almost as normal because we just didn't have any cases since, uh, as I said, since about April last year. Then somehow in May this year, there was a, another little outbreak. Now I say a little outbreak because compared to other countries, It was not much. It uh, shot up. I think uh, for a few days we had around 500 cases a day. Now, people in Europe or in Africa might laugh at a number of 500, but here it was a big deal because you can imagine if you've lived for almost a whole year with zero cases and suddenly you had 500 cases, people would get um, quite nervous. So immediately when this new little outbreak in the middle of May came about, restrictions came back. And there was not, I wouldn't say it was a lockdown, but many places people couldn't go. And uh, since May until now, about uh, the last, uh, let's see, May, June, July, August, about the last three months or so, Taiwan has fought back nicely and the virus is pretty much under control again with only single digit uh, infections a day. And when I talk about infections, domestically transmitted infections, uh, at the border, they still catch people and everybody who comes into the country has to do a 14-day quarantine period. They can't do it at home anymore, it's very strict. They must go to a designated government place, which is often a, a what we call a quarantine hotel, and there they must stay for 14 days. And those, and those people still get tested and they get tested positively. But uh, domestically, there's not much for the last few weeks that not many infections going on. So very much under control because of, of the, these restrictions and also the people's willingness to to obey these restrictions. Now, Taiwan people by nature, they are very cautious people and they don't want to get sick and they don't want to die. Even before COVID, if somebody felt like a little cold or a, or a flu, they would put on a mask anyway. So for them, it was not a big step upwards to, to wear a mask all the time. I do feel though, that if I have to give my opinion about the, how the COVID crisis was handled, In the world in general, and in Taiwan in particular, I would use two words. The one word is overreaction, and the second word is is common sense or a lack of it. So let's like look, for example, in Taiwan, every day at two o'clock, there is a, a news conference, and in this news conference, the Minister of Health will announce how many COVID cases there were tested the day before. And this, I feel, just a personal opinion, that it's not really necessary. Why, for the same money, why doesn't the Ministry of Transport have a news conference every day and tell us how many people got injured and died on the roads today in traffic accidents? I think there's a better chance of somebody getting hurt or even killed in a traffic accident than actually catching the virus. So somehow, that's where I got the word from overreaction from. And this is all over the world, not only in Taiwan. It seems like the governments went completely off their rockers about this virus and they forgot about everything else. As my brother often says, they closed so many businesses down. Like in in South Africa, they also had these uh, notions where they they closed businesses. It's an overreaction and a complete lack of common sense. For example, you cannot buy alcohol anywhere. And and he said, like my brother said, in the end, more people are going to die of hunger because they, they lost their businesses. They lost all their income and actually going to die of the the virus. But that everybody is entitled to their own opinion. Most people are happy to have these uh, press conferences so they know exactly how dangerous life is around them. Uh, But another example I can give you, many countries in Europe allow Taiwan travelers to travel to their countries and travel and look around without any quarantine. That's what other countries think how safe Taiwan is. They feel Taiwanese who travel abroad, hold no risk for their countries. Back home, it's a different story. <laughs> I often see on the, on the Metro, young people, and we know young people don't get very sick, but I see young people wearing two masks and a plastic visor. And I, I think in that respect, the government has, has, uh, should have told the people that it's, when you get COVID, it's not the end of the world. Even if you are over 60 and you don't have underlying health issues, your chances of survival is over 99%. Unfortunately, this message doesn't always get out and people are really cautious, but so be it, you know, that is, uh, that is the, the, the culture and because of that, the virus pretty much under control in Taiwan. Now let's look at vaccinations. When this second outbreak happened in May in Taiwan, uh, not many people were vaccinated and you can't blame them if, if you lived in a country where there were zero infections for more than nine months, you're not gonna worry too much about a vaccination, right? Nobody was interested. Vaccines were available. Uh, if you wanted to pay, you could get a vaccine. The government did get some, enough for the people who wanted it. But when the May uh, a little outbreak happened, there were not enough vaccines. When people now started to want to have vaccines, there were not enough. Not altogether the government's fault. The government went out and tried to get vaccines. They were not very successful because they were blocked because of the political situation between Taiwan and China. China actually prevented them. For example, they signed a contract with Pfizer to get the BioNTech. But China heard about it and blocked it, even though the deal was done. So in the beginning, this is now I'm talking about May, maybe June, when people started getting very interested in vaccinations. Taiwan had to mostly rely on gifts. they got a lot of astrazeneca from uh, japan they got gifts from america they got gifts from other countries and they also managed to buy a few by themselves then they found out that it's actually easier if the government itself doesn't negotiate these deals so some business leaders private business leaders went out on their own with the government's blessing and they negotiated huge deals with vaccines but as of now Taiwan doesn't really have enough vaccines. And um, in a month or so, that should change. Because like, the, the people can actually only choose at the moment between AZ and Moderna, which is not that easy to get. And in the last few weeks, Taiwan has also managed to put their own vaccine on the market called Medigen. And uh, some people are not too happy about this. For example, the official opposition, they're actually suing the company making Medigen because they said the company never went through the third trial period. They only did the first two trials, and then the government gave them emergency permission to, to market their vaccine. But I know many people who have had the merigen vaccine, the first shot, including our producer, and there was no problem. So uh, it seems that it's working well, and that should help the, the shortage that Taiwan has to uh, to get enough uh, vaccines for everybody. But Taiwan, as usual, extremely organized. If I look at a country, for example, like South Africa, my country, they have as many vaccines as they want. But the, the percentage of people who are actually vaccinated, that's not that high. Taiwan has limited, but they've already passed the 40% mark in only uh, two and a half months. They managed to vaccinate over 40% of the population, and it will only get faster as more uh, vaccines come into the country. And um, just today, the Minister of Health said, or actually yesterday, he said that when we get to 60%, then some of the restrictions that's still in place might be lifted. So many people are looking forward to that. Although we we live a fairly normal life, you can't exactly do everything you want at the moment. There are still some restrictions. So that is the situation at the moment um, because of these private business leaders and even religious leaders who made deals abroad, a lot of vaccines will come into the country in the month of September. And hopefully then everybody will have a a vaccine of their choice and the 40% will go up even further. But we are very spoiled because except for the little outbreak we've had in the last few months, here in Taiwan we've lived very safely and very comfortably since the virus came here from China in, I believe it was like February of last year. So there's a lot to be grateful for. So for those of you who are not in Taiwan, that's basically the situation that we are faced with here at the moment. Much better than most other countries, I believe. If you just look at the numbers of infections every day, some countries have like the other day I spoke to my friend in England and they on that that day they had 16000 infections. And on that same day, Taiwan had one, I believe. And they go, whoa, that is really nice. I said, yes, but uh, it's still front page news <laughs> because there was one, because uh, people are so, uh, so used to having zero. But we'll see what happens in the next few months. We can give you an update in a few weeks to s- if things change to keep you up to date, especially if you are if you're not here and you are interested what is happening here in Taiwan. So that brings us to the end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And until next week, then all the best and goodbye.